You have to be very careful because you can say the same word, I can say the same word, but if we have two totally different meanings, then it becomes a complete mess. We have to reclaim the pro-life agenda. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Justin Hall here, joined as always by Mitch Prosser and Dave Wilton. And Dave, can you believe that this is our 14th episode of the podcast since we launched in mid-August, in November, right around the corner? It is amazing to see how many of you have been taking the time to listen every single week as we put out new information for you. The thing that we find most important and we want you to understand is we want you to be informed. As a matter of fact, I have literally hot off the press, the brand new edition of Palmetto Family Matters magazine. Uh, Articles that are in here, if you do not get a copy of it this week, then I would like you to text guardrails to 76076. Make sure that we've got your mailing information because we want you to have a copy of this magazine, which is chock full of some fantastic information that you need to know about CRT in your hometown, and a legislative outlook for this year, the real pro-life agenda, safeguarding uh, women's sports and girls in our schools, uh, what's going to be happening with medical marijuana, and a tax relief plan that could really mean some significant changes in how much money you actually take home, which right now, in the midst of inflation, would not be a bad thing to have. That's right. I mean, I paid $3.15 for a gallon of gas today at a local gas station here in the Midlands. And my goodness, if they're not going to tax you uh, in the IRS, they're going to tax you at the pump and in the in the grocery store at the checkout line. So tax reform is a big deal. And that doesn't sound like something that would thrill a lot of people, but it's a really big deal. And so thank you to those uh, representatives and senators who are pursuing making sure that you get to keep more of the money that you've worked so hard for. And as we begin to move forward into the things that we're going to be doing as we go into a new phase for a Palmetto family, there are great opportunities for you to get connected in with us even more so. If you have not downloaded our app yet, go to your app store, type in Palmetto Family Council, and you can download our app from there. You can listen to our podcast, but you can also access us on your television now, your Roku TV, your Apple TV, your Amazon TV. Search for Palmetto Family on there and you can start accessing new content that we're going to be putting out exclusively on those platforms, new videos, new shows that we're going to be putting out to keep you up to date and informed on the issues that are going on in South Carolina. And a a big issue that's going on not only in South Carolina, but across the country that we want to hit on is the change in the language. Uh, I wrote a piece, we put it together, it's on the website now, palmettofamily.org, the tidal wave of change when it comes to woke journalism. Wait, you can also get that on the... You can, you can get that on the app. You can get that on the app. The app, there's an app for that. There's an app for that now. There's an app for that. You click newsroom, all of our our literature is right there. Uh, The woke journalism and the tidal wave of change in our language. This was actually not highlighted in the piece. Last week, our state department recognized National Pronoun Day... I want to go right to the piece to make sure you know share.america.gov is where you can find this. Why do many Americans list pronouns on their social media profiles? In the United States, it's becoming increasingly common for people to, quote, share their 
pronouns. These pronouns, I'm, I'm quoting here, include the gender neutral they, them, theirs. Words that traditionally refer to a plural number, but that today are used by some individuals who identify as gender non-binary or who prefer not to share gender information. And some people are pioneering gender neutral pronouns such as Z, Zer, and Zers. Let that deafening silence say everything that we know that it means. You know, when you sit here and you are ignoring biology, you know, we're supposed to trust the science, and yet we go to biology and there's a difference between XX and XY chromosomes, but we have to now determine how we're going to identify ourselves. And then we turn around and, of course, you know, we had a four-star general, the first transgender four-star general, Rachel Levine, who came to us through the Department of Health and Human Services. Yeah, she's a health admiral now. That's she's the, now the health admiral. Well, he is a health admiral yes. who identifies as, as a, a woman. woman. Correct. That terminology actually got focus on the family taken down from Twitter for a time period. And if you're listening right now and you think, man, they're, they're making a lot of fun. They're poking fun. Not at all. In fact, just about a decade ago, many of the things that we talked about, we're talking about right now, were considered clinical problems. They were disorders. Uh, transgenderism and gender dysphoria was a major issue and still is a major issue. And what we are asking is for people to understand that people who are suffering with this dysphoria need help. They need clinical help. And, and really, our culture and society is not helping. They're adding harm to the problem. Real quick, I just want to quote the founder of International Pronouns Day listed here, and I apologize if I get um, this person's name wrong. I, I don't know if it's a male or a female because they use the they, them, their stuff. Shige Sakure, uh, the author of the website mypronouns.org, says, quote, people have the opportunity then to share how they want to be referred to. Learning names is important too, and learning how to pronounce them correctly is important. To me, pronouns are an extension of that of your name and how you want to be referred to it's an identity crisis it is but i i think that there's something much deeper than that so uh i have a family member who is in the united states military i won't say what branch i won't say where i won't say the name to protect the innocent and he was uh interviewing a candidate for a particular program the other day and the candidate asked him I've used now two pronouns, what his preferred pronouns were. And his simple and yet direct response was, my preferred pronoun is sir. Really what our culture is doing is it's creating this passivity and, and really disrespect for the autonomy of human beings. That's a, that's a really big deal. It's, it's a little bit more than that. Actually, we drew the comparison um, in this piece about woke journalism back to the book of Genesis, where in Genesis 11, the people are building, they decide to come together, they're speaking one language, and they begin to build a tower. They want to, the key phrase in there is that they want to make a name for themselves. It is now all about them. So they, they try to build this tower to reach heaven. God doesn't want that to happen. He disperses their language, confuses their language, pardon me, and disperses the people. Once the language was changed and they were all speaking different languages, there was no cohesive action available. They couldn't get the job done. And in the same way, I feel like we're being scattered today, Mitch, and it's a simple search that will show you 
we don't have two genders anymore, male and female, which is how it's always been since the beginning of time, literally the book of Genesis. Mm -hmm. Now we have 72, and the number is growing by the day. But it's not just changes in that, while that's important, well, that's important with this gendered language. That's important. However, we're seeing it in journalism, and it actually happened with Palmetto Family back in April with this AP style book where the language has been changed. It's no longer pro-life. It's anti-abortion. And that was a very interesting thing that happened. Uh, we had Vice President Mike Pence here for an event back in April, and a good friend of mine, Meg Kennard with the Associated Press, wrote a story on vice president coming here. And and she said of Palmetto Family, the pro-life group Palmetto Family, and the AP style editors in Washington changed it to anti-abortion. Now, I'll give credit to, to Meg. <laughs> she went back in and rewrote it and said, no, they are a pro-life group. And it's really interesting because I go back to the heartbeat discussion that took place during the legislative debate over the heartbeat bill that was passed earlier this year. And I watched pro-choice Democrats stand up in the floor of the House and the Senate and say, we're all pro-life here. You're just pro-birth. And that has become part of the progressive way of trying to do redefinition. And you have to be very careful because you can say the same word. I can say the same word. But if we have two totally different meanings, then it becomes a complete mess. We have to reclaim the pro-life agenda. And we're doing that this year. As a matter of fact, we're hosting the Governor's Summit on Foster and Adoptive Care. And that is part of what we're trying to do to expand and help people to see that the pro-life agenda is not just working to stop abortion. It is to create pro life legislative opportunities for growth within South Carolina, when it comes to education, when it comes to special needs, when it comes to the disabled, when it comes to your family being able to have more of the money that you have made going back into your pocket. It sounds like such a cliche, but we truly do want to make South Carolina a great state to live, work, and raise a family. But the hardest part of that is, is that our words, ultimately the definition of what truth is, is continually under assault. And we find no better place to find where the truth is. In fact, it is the truth. The word of God is the truth. I love what Psalm 119 says when it talks about how shall a young man cleanse his way by considering and, and listening and following the word of God, it, it tells us that the word is a lamp to our feet and a light into our path and that we should follow it wherever we go so that we can learn what it has to say, not just so that it becomes part of what we know, but it becomes who we are and what we do. That's so important for us as we think through all these issues like life. It's not just pro-birth. It is life from conception to natural death. And all these issues, the Bible speaks so clearly to them. And that's what is our culture is trying to separate you as a Christian from the biblical principles and the truth of God's word. And you have to be able to know that you have the, the truth of God's word that you're operating from, because the rest of the world's viewpoints do not come from that same place. They don't. And so in understanding that you have to look at things from a biblical worldview, that that gives you the, the perspective that you have to have 
to be able to assess what you're seeing, what you're hearing, because there is way too much flapping in the wind right now when it comes to the rest of culture saying what we need to be doing and not doing. As a matter of fact, I was listening to Allie B. Stuckey. She had a a podcast on just recently where she had a a former progressive who worked for a Soros-funded organization. (laughs) Wow. And he's put out a new book called San Francisco, because it was talking about how the progressive way of approaching things has caused more damage than good. Free needle programs. Mm. Well, those are supposed to have been accompanied by what needs to be done for, for drug rehabilitation. Guess what? They gave them free needles. They're not doing that other part. I mean, forgive this. This would be considered the TMI part of the, the podcast today, but they had an anti-defecation uh, ordinance passed, which means that you could basically go to the bathroom anywhere you wanted to inside the city limits of wow. San Francisco. It, it, being able to take drugs legally in public. At what point does this make sense? And now they've also passed an ordinance that says that if you are shoplifting anything under $950, you're not going to get prosecuted for it. Oh my goodness. CVS has closed six locations in the city of San Francisco because they can't afford to be there. And yet, they're now going to come back and say, well, this is just yet one more place of victimhood and systemic racism because now all of a sudden you're creating deserts for people to be able to access the health information and the health resources that they need because CVS is now leaving. Well, guess what, folks? When you turn around and you create laws in a particular area that make lawlessness lawful, there it is. Yep. then all of a sudden you're wondering, why is everything falling apart? But here's the thing, and, and you're being told, it's, it's strange, but you're being told you're overreacting. You need to lower your expectations. That's where we're at now. I'm a great monologue. You can you can find it with a simple search. There was a great monologue on a major news network a couple days ago that that I encourage all of you to go watch and listen to. So when it comes to the new pro life agenda, as we pivot, with all of that in mind, how it plays into the new pro life agenda, Dave, you mentioned earlier the fact that on the floor of the legislature during the heartbeat bill discussion. It, we're, we're all pro-life and you guys are just pro-birth. Well, that heartbeat bill was passed. There are several that are trying to be taken to the Supreme Court right now. The Supreme Court will be hearing the Mississippi case on December 1. The administration currently is trying to get them to hear the Texas case before that to try to stonewall a little bit and get some things moving in their direction as they want it, but we'll, we'll see how the court comes down. But when it comes to the state of South Carolina, it's not just about stopping abortion, while that's important. The foster care and adoption side of things, we're hosting that tomorrow with the governor's office, uh, the governor's summit on foster care and adoption. Why is this so important? Foster care and adoption, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but why is it so important in general and then specifically as a, I don't want to say a new part, but as a as a not talked about enough part. We have, a biblical a ma- we have a biblical mandate to care for widows and orphans. That's right. It is there. Here's the thing, folks. There are 4,000 children in the foster care system in South Carolina. 58% of those have been in there for two years or longer. They're only supposed to be in there for 12 months. 
800 of them could be adopted today. And yet we've got hindrances. We've got problems within the system that are keeping children in foster care. We need foster care families to care for children who are literally coming to you in crisis to be able to minister to their needs at that moment in time. And that is a place where we've got a need and the church, the big C church needs to step into that. Because if if we don't step into it, then we're basically abdicating over to government. Hey, you're going to have to be responsible for this. If you want to be involved in what's going on with foster care, we want to provide you with some information. Again, you can visit our website. There's a story on there on foster care. We'll highlight that story. At the bottom, there's a place where you can get involved. So make sure that we have your information on that particular story. You know, Dave, as, as we've worked through this, and we've been doing this for a few months, um, it's so easy to get bogged down in the numbers. What we really have to refocus on, and we need to help every South Carolinian understand, the numbers, each number represents a life. It, it represents does. a soul. Yep. And that's the pro-life thing that we're talking about here. These little children, and, and I say little children, we think of that cute little infant, but they're, they're zero to 18. Yep. These children, teenagers, they need our help. They need love. They need the love of our Heavenly Father. They need to know that someone, somewhere out there, cares about them. And you have the opportunity. You're listening right now. What can I do? You can go to palmettofamily.org and find out how you can plug in. We'll plug you directly into the foster care and adoptive crisis in South Carolina so you can make a difference. Not in that 4,000, that huge number, but with that one child that needs your help. That's that's what's important. It's it's not the, it, the numbers are important, but the numbers that we're talking about, they represent people yeah, and represent lives and, and futures and destinies and hope and, and maybe even in some cases a lack thereof. Well, this is a place too where the story of the gospel comes into play because when you have an opportunity to step into a child's life, to be able to say, listen, we all come from some sort of broken situation. That is the power of the gospel. It is not by my works that I am mm-hmm. saved but you are able to demonstrate your faith, as James said, by your works, by the things that you do as an outpouring of who you are, what you believe in, what you stand for. And that's why this is important. If you want more information about this, you can go to our website, www.palmettofamily.org, or you can download our new app, the Palmetto Family Council app, available across all app stores, Apple and Google Play. Make sure you get the Palmetto Family Council app on your Roku TV, your Apple TV, your Amazon TV store, whatever you can get that on, do so because in the coming weeks and months, we're going to begin putting new content there for you to continue to get connected, get informed on the issues that are going on across our state. And of course, continue to subscribe to, give us a five-star rating on the podcast as well. Leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. And again, thank you for supporting this podcast as we are nearing the 20 episode mark again which is just really really hard to believe for mitch prosser and dave wilson i am justin hall thanks so much for joining us and we'll talk next time on the palmetto family matters podcast